Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to the latest episode of The Backtrack, which is, as I'm sure you know, the episode of our show between our regular cast where we pick a single topic and dig in deep. Joining us, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. How's it going, guys? And on this special episode, we have a special guest. Joining us also is Kevin Goatee. Hey, Kevin. Hey, now. Kevin is the creator, host, director, and head fluffer, I'm told, of the Comics Watching Comics show on Amazon. Someone's giving you false information. I'm just the junior fluffer. Yes, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the, uh, I'm the guy behind the guy behind the guy, as they even know to say. I think I might want a job on that show. Is that possible, Kevin? Can we hook that up? Well, apparently, head fluffer's open. Well, I don't know. What, what, what are your skills? What do you bring to the table? George has been the guy behind the guy, believe me. <laughs> I, need five, I, need, I need five references, please. Five of them? That's well, Right. From this week or from last week? <laughs> so as the host of Comics Watching Comics, <laughs> anyway, we thought Kevin would be an outstanding guest to have on the show because our backtrack topic today, we're going to be reminiscing nostalgically about Generation X era comedians. Yay! Before we get into our topic, though, you all know my favorite part of the show. It's not fluffing, right? Fourth listener email. Okay. So you will recall a couple backtracks back, we reminisced about Disney experiences growing up uh, Generation Xers. Right, guys? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Listener Jason wrote in. He had a long email. They had a couple of cool topics. You remember we were reminiscing about what the acronym Epcot stood for back when it wasn't Epcot on a regular word. Right. Well, Jason used to work there. Oh, really? Really? Sweet. Yeah. So amongst uh, employees that he knew, Epcot stood for excruciating polyester clothing of torture. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He said there may be some more that he thinks of, but he wanted to share some trivia with us. And he asks, do you know the four names that Epcot the park held over the years? What do you mean four names? What do you mean? Yeah. Huh? It was known by four different names. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was initially Epcot Center. I remember right. that. That okay, was the acronym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then they renamed it Epcot 94. Guess really? when they did that? Anyone? Uh, 1976. Anyone? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> then again, they renamed it Epcot 95 until finally they got sick of like printing new material, I guess. And then it became Epcot, which it is today. Huh. <laughs> so they spent a lot of creative time on that, evidently. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> says the idea was to promote park, the park as changing from year to year, always be on the cutting edge. But after a couple of years, they threw that away. And so... Uh, and rightfully so. I think they were just trying to copy EA Sports, right? Hey, Jason, we love when our fourth listener writes in. Thank you so much for writing in. Yep. And uh, we love reading your emails on the show. But now it's time to get in to our backtrack of the week, Generation X era comedians. Yay. All right. Yeah, I watch MTV all the time. They have the Rock Against Drug commercials, that whole campaign. Hello. Listen, don't get caught with drugs or you'll have to do a commercial just like this one. (laughs) I I think I found the message. The message is don't get caught. Yes, so Generation X era comedians. This has been on our list, a topic we wanted to cover for a while. And it's because, I mean, we are all very, very serious and straight-laced guys. So, of course, we never listened <laughs> to comedians ourselves growing up. Oh, God, no. That's the <laughs> devil music. <laughs> I mean, for my own part, I lived and breathed uh, comedians and comic troops and things like that. Everybody else was going to the record store. They were buying, uh, you know, the latest pop albums. And I was going down the comedy aisle going, you know, well, what's, uh, you know, what has Robin Williams done lately? What has Sam Kinison done lately? And, and I was listening to novelty stuff way more than music. How about you guys? Yeah, for sure. I remember, especially during the dawn of HBO, staying up late to watch some of the 
on-air specials that a lot of mm. the comedians would do. That was something new to me at that point. So getting a chance to see them outside of the Johnny Carson, David Letterman late night TV format was really cool too. Yeah, how about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I remember going, parents were cheap. We didn't pay for HBO. The only time I watched it is when they, we had it for like the, the two-day preview. Remember? Yeah, yeah, the freebies. <laughs> oh my God. So that's where I really got it. Or if I had friends at school who had something, I borrowed their cassettes. Hey, oh, that's... Let's get into the podcast right now with that uh, with that, <laughs> with that uh, reference. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, that's how I got it. Uh, MTV had a lot of stand-up on it before it went to dog shit programming. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, But I would say HBO, cassettes, and even MTV to a degree were how I got my uh, my fill of comedy and really became, you know, became influenced by comedians on those uh, platforms. And if you're on the HBO free weekend, that means that you saw uh, Jaws. And lots of Gallagher. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you forgot the big one, I would say, and that's Eddie Murphy wrong. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Mo, how about you? What's your memory uh, growing up listening to comedians? Yeah, you know, that was something about my dad that was very weird. It was like, we couldn't watch like anything that had to do with off-color subjects. But if it was a comedian, he was like totally okay with it. <laughs> you know, if it was comedy, really? he could care less. Like, when I was... 11, 12, he's like, you got to see Animal House. And so <laughs> That's actually one of my parents. I'm in the same boat as you. My parents would not let me watch hardly any R-rated films until I was 17. Yeah, exactly. But my dad was like, all right, all right. This is one we got all, you know, like he was a huge fan of that. So I saw Animal <laughs> nice. House probably when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11. Yeah, I didn't get all the jokes, but, you know, that's fine. It's not bad. It's comedy. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, so anything dealing with the comedy, he was told. So I got to watch a lot of it. One of those few topics that he said my dad wasn't going to try to censor me on. Well, since. Uh, since you brought up Eddie Murphy, Kevin, let's jump right in and talk about some of the comics that we remember so fondly. Some of them are still around, some of them are not, some of them because they passed on, some of them because they faded into obscurity. Let's That brings us right to Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say he, I, I, if I had to pick one comic to embody the 80s, it's gotta be him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say a close second and third. I would put Kinnison too because his stuff is better mm. and holds oh, up. Oh, yeah. And then Dice mm-hmm. Clay right behind it. If you listen to the later Dice Clay stuff, it, it's not good. Some stuff still holds up a little bit, but it doesn't hold up. But I would say those three, and I, and I actually, you know how to take that back. Let's make it four. I put Rodney Dangerfield in there at two because he had a slew oh. of films in the, in the 80s. I, I, I mean, Rodney's my second favorite comic of all time. Number one is David Tell. Oh, he was great. But Rodney, I would say Rodney uh, Murphy and uh, Kinnison and Clay would be those ones that really embody the 80s, even 90s, I would dare say as well. It sounds like you're reading the uh, cassette holder from my 1980 Firebird riser right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie Murphy's raw. I mean, I, I have a great friend. Uh, we'll take text each other just the leading lines from a Murphy line and he'll text me the, the correct one back. I'll text him, uh, hey Mike, lemonade. And he'll text me back, that cool refreshing drink. Nice. <laughs> Even before Eddie Murphy's Raw, Eddie Murphy's Delirious was groundbreaking oh, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, Also that was, great. It was. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was, I get, what that was at 80, fuck, is that 83 or 84? Something like that. I think 83. Yeah, I was, I was seven when that, six, seven when that came out. So that, that wasn't on the radar. Raw was 87, I believe, 87 or 88. Yep. So I was uh, 11 or 12. So that's right in the wheelhouse of, you know, being exposed to that. Delirious like tied into so many of his other things like he did the stuff with uh, the movies Beverly Hills Cop was right around that same time frame and I just remember watching Delirious on HBO and other than Bill Cosby himself those were the first two stand-up comedian movie act things that I ever saw that I remember and they I was just mesmerized I was pretty lucky that I actually got to see Eddie Murphy live when he was still part of Saturday Night Live did you? oh 
Yeah, Mo grew up in New yeah, York. Yeah, That's son right. of a bitch. Yeah. So, okay, so to really date myself, the musical guest was Lionel Richie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Were you all just dancing on the ceiling? Wow. Oh, it was great. It was of like a, a buddy of mine's mom was a secretary in NBC, and somehow she got us tickets to go see it. I mean, and Nick Nolte was, this was right after 48 Hours came out. Oh, my. That and, was 82 then. Yeah, this so Nick fresh. Nolte yeah. was supposed to be the host. Apparently, he came into the, he says, yeah, Eddie Murphy said he got off the airplane and threw up on me. So, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so they basically made Eddie Murphy the host of the show, and it was it was great. Kevin, you mentioned Sam Kinison, and oh, I, I can't wow. let this part slip without. Uh, oh, oh man, I mean, taken too soon. I mean, yeah, he's one of those comics that for me was just he did exactly what he damn well pleased, and he was rewarded for it. I mean, he had unapologetic, just cutting edge and he was somehow able to be just as offensive as possible but he did it in such a loving way that people bought in they knew it wasn't aimed at them it was aimed at the absurdity of the world it's just what a fantastic just amazing just bombastic personality i couldn't agree more uh and as i said before his stuff you put it in right now and it still holds up Oh, yeah. uh, oh, the yeah. homeless terrorism right and, and i think it's probably the one of the biggest best pieces of I would dare I'm not going to say improv because improv is horrible first of all second of all it's uh, it doesn't apply but the the, the 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 kind of living in the moment let's let's classify it as that where I forgot what album it was but he's like oh man you ever have a girl cheat on you he's like yeah and he goes well, who'd she, <laughs> let's call yeah, her. Who'd she yeah, let's call her on the fucking phone. He calls this guy. He calls, yeah. he calls this girl who fucked his best friend up on the phone on the out. I mean, how how brilliant is that? He had a unique background too, because he was a preacher, right? Yeah, he was point. a Baptist minister. Yeah. yeah. So he had that whole. Which I still can't picture. <laughs> think about it though. That really translates really well, I think, to the whole stand-up performance thing. Those guys are standing up every Wednesday, every Sunday preaching in front of 50 people to 5,000 people. And that's exactly what he did for his comedic career. He just decided it was bullshit and move on to something else that right. would use those same skills, right? <laughs> that's what he said. Agreed. We also mentioned um, Andrew Dice Clay. Yes. Yeah. I remember when he hit the scene, man, he hit a huge. And he went from like nothing to stardom like in a day. Well, he was also in, what was that 80s film he was in? God. Casual Sex? Casual oh, Sex, that's it. Oh, yeah. Or was it, no, 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 no. He was, wasn't he in Pretty in Pink? Yeah, Pretty in Pink, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes he yes, was the he bouncer. Was. Yeah. Right. Right. That's he was, yeah. yeah. I knew he was the bouncer, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah, we totally remembered that. None of us looked it up on Google. We remembered it. Oh, yeah. top for him. I'm one of the yeah. few guys. I'm one of the few guys who hates Pretty in Pink. I just do not get it. <laughs> I'm with you. No, Kevin, I'm right there with you. I can't stand that damn movie. I like a lot of John Hughes stuff, but Pretty in Pink. What the hell was that about? Yeah, that's, he does a lot of better stuff. But I tell you what, though, I'll give Dice this: his film career of late, and even TV, the TV show in Showtime was great. I liked him in Blue Jasmine. Yeah, I would say, like I said, his last two, the, the show was pretty damn good. I dug it. I really dug it. He really took a turn, though. I mean, it, like you mentioned, like <clears throat> early Andrew Dice Clay was one thing. I mean, it was he was a one trick person for sure. It, it was borderline Kinnison, and then like he took a turn and like got he got kind of apologetic and he changed his tune a little bit, didn't he? No, and I, I don't think that was the case at all. I just, no, it just is like ah, eh, it's not as strong the material as you remember. It. I mean, look, when we were all kids, when we heard those nursery rhymes. We were on the playground <laughs> that's and right, reciting yeah. that shit like it was the fun thing ever now you're like all right it's funny it's cute but whatever uh but to the material itself you're just like eh. but i think it's really cool and, and what he did was after and i have it to the albums the day the laughter died is he recorded that night right after he recorded dice rules at the garden where he sold out the garden you know that which of course is huge. oh right yeah he mm-hmm. went to danger fields and did sets that night and just absolutely bombed but recorded it wow which was so cool he listened because and then this crowd guy gets into it and then he almost, <laughs> i think he almost fights him and shit 
Like, it, oh, geez. It, just, it just goes to show how stand-up is. Like, one moment, you could be at the top of the top fucking of the world. Exactly, just crushing yep. life. Next thing you know, you're at a club with, like, eight drunks, and people are fucking hate, hate your guts. <laughs> you know, I remember when he was doing the whole bit with the nursery rhymes and everything, which is probably what he's most famous for. I, personally, having the first name of George and... There's probably an ungodly amount of nursery rhymes that I was teased about growing up. Oh, Georgie Porgy. Yeah, well, but when, so when Dice Clay redid that nursery rhyme, I was the coolest kid in the school for about 10 minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> and I headed for the highway and began hitching. Within three minutes, I got picked up by one of those huge trailer trucks carrying 20 brand new cars. I climbed up the side of the cab and they opened the door and the guy said, I didn't have much room in here. I want to get in one of the cars and back. So I did. He's really into picking up people because he picked up 19 more. <laughs> we all had our own cars. <laughs> he went 90 miles an hour, we all got speeding tickets. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work it's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code 20GENXUP. That's 20GENXUP. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. We've been talking a lot about some of the more blue comic geniuses of the Gen X era, but what about the family-friendly guys, the ones that we can introduce our younger children to right now that would still love it, and they're, yet they're still hilarious? First one off the top of my head is going to be Gallagher. <laughs> Man, we're talking about HBO. I watched a lot of Gallagher growing up. Yeah, I never got Gallagher. Me neither. What? Nope. I never got it. Oh, no. I never got it. was never, I'm like, you watch him smash a fruit once, I'm like, okay, it's funny, but after that, I'm like, I don't get it. But that wasn't all he did, though. If you listen to like the stand-up part before he got into the sledgematic routine, he had some pretty clever stuff. I mean, it wasn't. We're, we're split on that. George and I, I think we, you, you and I agree that yeah, Gallagher was you know, like 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 the Smash of Watermelons was that was the send-off at the end right. of his show. He had a lot of well-written stuff that you know it was observational comedy, which I don't yeah. know, if, you know, but I mean it was funny. <laughs> it was you know, to me as a kid, at least growing up, I remember him fondly. So. That's all right. So what about what I bet we can all agree on? What about Stephen Wright? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know about Stephen Wright. Again, I didn't really, yeah, I, I missed him, but I didn't know about Stephen Wright until he was the DJ in Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bo? Yeah, I remember Stephen Wright. I mean, he was on a, a one of the HBO Young Comedian specials. What was that, 1964? I mean, the guy's fucking Asian. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to no, say, was, was he ever young? <laughs> I think it was in the 70s. He was like one of the up-and-coming comics. And then later on, he came back and actually hosted it as like an established comic. Wow. But yeah, his stuff was just, I don't know, it was like the whole stoner, hilarious stuff. Well, I'll great. tell you, I mean, for my money, Stephen Wright, he was like a Mitch Hedberg 1.0. 
I mean, he was that. Yeah, super I was flat. just gonna say that. Like he was Mitch. Mitch Hedberg is like a, a a clone of him. Obviously, they both have the same sensibility. It's like it's funny, but I'm not laughing at it. I'm just gonna tell you about it, and everybody else is in on the joke, but him kind of. Mm-hmm. Who else? What about Sinbad? Everybody's family friendly comedy. Yeah. You know what? I I was recently I watched him, and I couldn't have been more bored. Not a fan. Really? Not a fan, yeah. (laughs) He's so vanilla. I know, that's it. It's so cookie cutter, snooze, and I tell you what, you know who the new Sinbad is? He was a new Emperor's New Clothes, Kevin Hart. Can't make it through one of his specials. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got you. Too bland. I'm going to tell you real quick, my buddy went to go see him, and he goes, uh, I saw Kevin Hart last night at the Garden. I go, yeah, what'd you think? He goes... Yeah, he's funny. I go, tell me tell me three of his jokes that you laughed at. And he goes, like, you know, I can't. <laughs> Apologetically, he's funny. Yeah. I swear. And, and maybe because he paid $100 for the ticket like a dum-dum. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. Uh, there are a lot of people who are in Hollywood who are not funny that uh, are deemed funny. Uh, see also Aziz Ansari. Thank you. Well, and- <laughs> oh, sing. <laughs> hey, Aziz is a close personal friend of the show, Kevin. You can't be saying that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys sponsored by rapeycomics.com? Is that why? We didn't um, have that one up there yet, but it's about to be. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I want to go back to Sinbad for just a second. I, I get that he's totally vanilla. I completely understand that he's a little bit boring. But I will say one thing. He was one of those comedians that I could sit down with my mom when I wanted to watch something with her, and she could enjoy him because she was she couldn't watch Sam Kinison. That wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> well, no. But she could watch Sinbad, and she would just laugh, and I would get enjoyment, not so much from his jokes, but from watching her enjoying his jokes, I think. That and Pretty in Pink, right, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> see, that, see this, this is what's like, I, 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 with comedy, it's like, that's like the little thing you can sit there with your parents and go, it's okay to laugh at dirtier stuff. It's like that shared bond moment. Yeah. Like, there's no, I mean, I think, I guess the only person, I mean, Ronnie was kind of clean, but he, you know, clean for a kid. In the sense that I didn't get some of the dirty jokes he was alluding to. Yeah, it was, yeah. Some of the other stuff you get. I mean, some other things you could just understand. And, and oh, okay, cool, I got it. All right, all right. So I've got one that's that's clean that I think you'll like, Kevin. Go ahead. What about Billy Crystal? Not a fan. What? No. Okay. I can't find anything that you like, man. <laughs> I just we'll gave you we'll five I like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll be fair though. I'm not really a clean comedy guy. Surprise. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> I know. I know Brian Regan. Everyone loves and respects him. I haven't heard his. I haven't heard any of his stuff yet. Everyone loves him though. They say he's the as uh, the cat's meow, as my grandmother says. Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 just not in my wheelhouse. as clean comedy. Billy was was just kind of boring. I know Jerry's obviously a huge clean comic and he just bores me to tears but <laughs> you know yeah that was my next litmus test i mean like if you uh, if you hate bland family-friendly comedians you ought to hate jerry seinfeld and you just uh, you just said he's right there <laughs> done and you. done so what about billy crystal in the movies versus stand-up let's see what was he in that i well he, he's got the city slickers franchise then he franchise hold on in... there are two of them that is not a franchise oh, okay uh, yeah <laughs> he is the original <laughs> princess sequel. bride Come princess on. bride that's the one i was i hate a princess yeah. bride oh, oh for fuck's sake oh, oh kevin you're breaking up you're breaking up kevin glad to have you on the show <laughs> guys listen when you raise your standard when you raise your standards in films it's a lot more fun to watch them wow <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. Man, we were just getting raked over the Gen X Coles here. <laughs> yeah, really. okay, how about Howie Mandel? Uh, I liked him. Uh, I remember, remember when we were in school, they played Walk Like a Man a ton of times. Uh, we watched that on VCR, I guess, like toward the last few weeks of the year because it was a safe 
kitty film. He's fine. Hey, you know, it takes all types. Sure. It does. All right, so here's here's one that should be divisive. All right, so Robin Williams, Mad Genius or just Mad? Mad genius. Joke Thief. You forgot that one. Oh, really? Really? Oh, he is a habitual joke stealer. Even some of the retrospectives that were talking about him so positively after his passing and everything, they even in those which were trying to shine the most positive light on Impossible, were talking about him being accused of stealing jokes from a lot of different comedians. Yeah, uh, he would... He would even do jokes knowing someone was in the audience, walk by their table as he got off stage and just give them like 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, really? Jeez. Oh, wow. Get much more blatant than that. Yep. Well, at least he well, admitted it, I guess. <laughs> so what I always found weird about that, because I get that he probably did it. I'm not saying he didn't, but his style, I didn't hear anybody else doing that style. So was it that he got there first and stole their jokes and made them popular and they didn't go back to it? Or did he take their jokes and put it into his style and so it sounded different? What was that about, Kevin? I believe it was he just made their jokes funnier. Like he heard a good idea or a great joke and he just added it into his voice and pass it off as his own. I believe that was the case, so. Gotcha. We're batting about 20 here, Kevin. Is there Are there any of these kind of like Gen X, kind of like family-friendly comics that you do like? I like how you said batting 20, which, which tells me that you know very little about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, batting 20. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what does it even mean? <laughs> uh, Generation X, I mean, uh, clean comics, clean comics. Give me, I don't know. If you, I didn't really watch his stand-up, but his acting was great. Uh, uh, as a comedian, or sorry, as a com- comedian actor, he was a comic. Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber, okay. and and of course Ace Ventura were just absolutely brilliant and still hold up brilliantly today. Yeah, and you said you recently met uh, Richard Lewis. Was another one. For I that did. Era, right? Yeah, nice guy. I met him at uh, uh, Anthony Acumia Studios, uh, uh, and he just came in to do Artie show. Artie, Artie, yeah, Artie show afterward. Could be a nicer guy. Real nice guy. Uh, I re- I remember my parent. My mother loved the. Uh, show he did with Jamie Lee Curtis on Channel 7. That was, uh, she, I remember the same. And I told him, I said, oh, my mom loved you. I remember watching you. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And da, 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 you're good, you know, all that. Actually, this is just a place for my stuff, you know? That's all, a little place for my stuff. That's all I want. That's all you need in life is a little place for your stuff, you know? That's all you need in life, a little place for your stuff. That's all your house is, a place to keep your stuff. If you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Robert. We're hosts of the Two Bobs Podcast. Check out our show at thetwobs.com. We talk about beer, food, weird news, some pop culture, sports, and our obsession with technology. And just general BS with our own brand of comedy and sarcastic wit. Also, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Bobs Podcast. I have to say, I think one of the best comics I thought from that time and throughout was uh, George Carlin. Yeah. I mean, that guy okay, was all right. freaking brilliant. Before I say anything, Kevin, do you approve of George Carlin? <laughs> okay, here are my thoughts on Carlin. I, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, Carlin, okay, so here's the story. I recently watched, so I, I can speak with some uh, quote-unquote authority on this, I re-watched a lot of his specials of late. Some are very good. Some are an absolute history lesson and I just am not in the mood for that. Like, if you can weave in and out of it without, without, without making it a lecture, it's good. But when it's just... I know what you're talking about. When it's a straight social commentary, I'm out. Which is, I'll tell you what, I have my computer on. I'm going to tell you which one I love the most. While you're looking that up, I'll, I'm, I'm going to just riff off of what you said. I know what you're talking about. Thank you. The older Carlin got, the more socially kind of an activist mentality he got. The younger he was... 
the more hilarious he was. Not sure. Actually, disagree. There's a lot of this stuff in the in the eighty in the eighties and early eighties too. He gets uh, preachy as well in there, and you're just like, ugh, enough complaints and grievances. That's my favorite. For one me, he, he got grumpier and grumpier the matter he got about well global warming and pollution and what. Now, when was complaints and grievances? When was that? Uh, I would say middle or later later of his career. But he had, I think his last special was really good because he was just really hitting on the terrorism stuff. I think right now, I forgot who said it, but he was just like, I wish Carlin was alive to see the uh, the state of comedy now and all how the social justice warrior nonsense has played in and the sensitivity by everybody. Because hmm. it's basically, he goes, I, I, I forgot what he said, but basically it's going to sound like the left will never be what the right was. And now I think the left has moved to where the right used to be. In the terms of censorship and saying what you can't say and people getting sensitive and banning and wanting people banned for what they say or whatever. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. so it's like he, I think they, they were saying basically Carl would be swallowing his tongue in disbelief watching the left <laughs> just completely do go against everything that they st- he stood for and they stood for. Back in the nineties, uh, George. What about you? What's your stance on Carlin and uh, how he he how does he fit into your kind of global sense of uh, comics in the eighties? He was one of the guys that if I saw him or saw in TV Guide, I would look up George Carlin. I would stop what I was doing and go watch. I just really enjoyed Carlin. I love the whole seven worst words, you know. Seven dirty words, sure. Yeah, seven dirty words. As I grew a little bit older, I saw a lot of his specials that Kevin was talking about, and I don't disagree with him. But I really enjoyed some of the stuff he did in films later on. There's a film that it's a... I, I know when I say this, everybody's going to say what a horrible film it was. Bill and Ted 2. No, not Bill and Ted 2. <laughs> Rufus! <laughs> no, uh, Jersey Girl from Kevin Smith. Everybody hates that Terrible. film. I totally get it. But <laughs> I loved Carlin's character in that. Maybe because he kind of fit the role that my father was, the grumpy old curmudgeon who would still you know, give you the last dollar out of his wallet because you knew you needed it, but would kick you in the nuts because you were being stupid. <laughs> I guess because I could relate to that character, and I thought he played it really well. That was kind of the last thing I got to see him in before he passed, and it still sticks with me to this day. I'll go watch that film just for George Carlin. Yeah. One thing about George Carlin is I saw him when he played in Jacksonville. That was definitely later in his career, and the thing that struck me was that because Jacksonville's a smaller market, and he said that right at the beginning, he's like, hey guys, I'm going to be referring to notes, because basically he was trying out new material. It suddenly dawned on me, like, you know, this is work. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like they just go up there and just be funny, which is kind of, I mean, I know it's not a true impression, but it's the one I always kind of had. And it's suddenly dumb me like, wow, here's a guy who's like a definitely a professional. Because like, I saw him do the same act later, like on a special for HBO or something. And I'm like, oh, wow, I could definitely see how like he progressed from what I saw here versus what he actually did on TV. Kevin, is that a thing for comedians? Like if they're in a smaller venue, do they feel like they have a little bit more leeway to try different things? They don't mind looking at their notes or something like that? Or is that kind of an odd situation? No, that's exactly what it is. In the Comedy Cellar, which is the mecca of comedy in all the land uh, in New York, that's what a lot of the, the the guys do is they go on stage with notes. Huh. Just to kind of flush it out, see what works, see what doesn't. Sure, exactly. Throw away the garbage and kind of flush out the stuff that does. Bingo. Huh? Uh, I remember Louis C.K. did a, a, a couple of impromptu shows in Brooklyn before he was caught jerking off in front of comics. <laughs> <laughs> it was $5 tickets, and then he busts his notes out, and people are like, huh? You can hear like a, a ripple through the crowd. goes, what do you want? It's five fucking dollars. What do you expect? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Roseanne, why don't you ever try to be more aggressive in bed? I'm sure. Why don't you try to be more aggressive in bed? 
So I thought about it and all like that, you know. Then the other night we're laying there and he reached for me, so I said, No! <laughs> Never happy. Let's talk about some female comics. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I probably would say Roseanne because my mom loved yeah. her show. She'd certainly qualify. Yeah. yeah, I watched a lot of the uh, the specials like Rodney had on some uh, lady comics. Sandra Bernhardt being one of them. Uh, oh, she yes. Didn't, she, one, didn't, yeah. she didn't grab me. Oh, right. Yeah, he yeah. Gave, Rodney gave a, a lot of chances to a lot of people. You talk about Roseanne. I couldn't stand her stand-up. I liked her, but I, her stand-up... You ever notice? I mean, that stuff, it just wore on my <laughs> very, nerves. Very, uh, very uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Talented actress. Great comic, but her stand-up, her style was not for me. Kevin, you talked earlier about growing up watching some of the stuff on MTV. I remember there was a series that was on VH1 called VH1 Spotlight. One of the comedians that came out of that was Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. That was one of the first places I saw her. I mean, she was on Star Search first, but then later on she really? was on that... Yeah, she tied or won the one of the seasons she was on Star Search. I can't remember. I think she tied. Yeah, she came out of VH1 Spotlight right after that. Kevin, did you have any opinions on her? Not my cup of tea. Well, there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that needs to be said right there. Now, Rita Rudner, she's like the opposite of uh, Roseanne Barr for me. I I enjoyed her style just out of the gate. Yeah, I liked her too. Actually, she had that whole innocent sort of thing but then she would say things you're like what yeah but not like wink at you yeah like, she's innocent but uh on the sly and one that's still around today but came out of our gen x era is uh, ellen degeneres yeah sure yeah who'd have thunk she's the voice of dory she's got her own right. talk show i mean she's uh, she had her own show for quite a while yeah and does and doing well it's not just schlock i mean she's actually pretty entertaining good ratings even no she seems like she's getting up there to oprah numbers now oh well i don't know about that when she has her own network then we can talk about it <laughs> yeah right. okay <laughs> fair enough before we wrap up the show what I want to do is I'm going to go around the table. I have a memory in mind. Uh, I'm going to start with Mo. I'm going to ask each of you of a comic that you saw live in person. You saw their stand up. You saw their show in the theater. What's the one that you enjoyed the most? Uh, and what do you remember about it? Mo? I got to actually see Rita Rutner in Arizona when I was there, <laughs> believe it or not. And her act was pretty, t- I mean, her act actually didn't change a whole lot. I noticed like from one to the other but the thing that was really funny is that after she finished kind of like her set she was like so anybody have any questions and people just asked random questions and she was freaking hilarious so just off the cuff stuff. yeah just off the cuff answering these questions we were all of course we were drinking a lot too that night but still it was really it funny hurt. did anyone ask how Tom Hanks dick is wow <laughs> <No>. <laughs> damn I'll make a note of that yeah next I time I mean come on now that just went flufferific <laughs> someone had to ask alright uh, who did I see? Uh, I have seen David Till I don't know how many times. He in, in every time. Oh he, yeah, he's my favorite. He just there's there's nothing there's there's nothing left but ashes when he when he's done. He's amazing. He's the, he's the best. He's so underrated. It's disgusting. George, how about you? Memory of a Gen X comic? I can't say I have a memory of a Gen X comic because nobody came to Tallahassee. I mean, but you can't blame them, right? No, but <laughs> I did see a couple of stand-up comedians when I moved to Los Angeles and lived in Hollywood for a little while. I went down to the comedy store and I saw, I believe his name, if I remember, I, if I screw this up, Kevin will probably slap me through the phone. <laughs> Was it Charles Fleischer? Yeah, that's right. And he did all the weird voices and everything mm-hmm. like that, had the real 
real screaming thing. I saw one of his routines there. I went on a date with some girl and we actually sat in the first table front row and man, he just harassed me nonstop the whole time. Cause I'm a goofy looking <laughs> guy. You, George. And- <laughs> yeah. It's easy. I like how George clarified he was on a date with a girl. So apparently he gets questioned a lot for going out with dudes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're as ugly as I am, you got to have all your options open. <laughs> Nothing's off the table. George. That's right. <laughs> that was my experience. John. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you lived near the Orlando area. There had to be somebody coming down that way mickey mouse <laughs> yeah everybody's coming down there whether you want them to or not <laughs> right so in defense of uh someone that uh, kevin not a fan of i will tell you that twice two times i saw gallagher live oh okay both times i uh, was just far enough back to not need the plastic but it was okay because everything about those shows part of it is the magic of being live i mean i love any kind of live theater live you know any kind of performance art of any kind but the two times that i saw him one was like on my birthday he actually came in defense of tallahassee came to tallahassee when i was in college wow i saw him there and i saw him again in orlando another time and uh, both times he wasn't like legendary but you were laughing the whole time and i just remember that very very fondly and even though he was a pretty big deal at the time he uh he came out in the lobby and just hung out and he was working his own table i mean he has people but i remember remember him being friendly and coming out and doing that so after he killed it on stage came out wiped off the uh the watermelon juice and uh, just glad handed with the fans in the lobby that was pretty cool well let's take the word bomb b-o-m-b right bomb all right t-o-m-b tom no tomb all right c-o-m-b coom calm all right p-o-m-b pong no p-o-e-m pong h-o-e-m home no, H-O-M-E, S-O-M-E, some? No, some, N-O-M-E, numb? No, N-U-M-B. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up Backtrack. But before we go, I absolutely have to thank Kevin Goatee for being here with us. Kevin, thank you so much for being part of the show tonight. Thanks for having me, boys. It was a fun, rousing conversation about uh, comedy and how I like to uh, shit on all of your favorite memories as, ch- as children. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we couldn't have enjoyed it more. <laughs> Tell everyone listening how they can find you as the uh, creator and host of the Comics Watching Comics, how they can find your show and what's going on in the future. Now, if you really want to see comedy, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, my show, thank you again. My show is Comics Watching Comics, and you're right, it does air on the Amazon Video Network. Comics Watching Comics, Take, think of Last Comic Standing meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Huh. It's a reality show, reality game show, where we have intermediate comics go on. They do, uh, they perform their, their best five minutes, and then we take that footage and take it to my house for myself and uh, other panelists kick back and watch them. And we, could, we critique, we praise, we offer advice. And if they're terrible, uh, we, offer, we take a big steaming shit on them. The idea, <laughs> not the main... As only Kevin knows how. <laughs> not the main part of the show, but a part of the show nonetheless. But yeah, no, the idea is to promote comedy, get uh, exposure to intermediate comics, but really to show the general public how uh, the journey we go through and how comics really do watch and critique other comics 
Kind of like when you watch football and you see Joe Buck and, and, and Aikman use the old X's and O's and such. How we break down jokes, how we know what to look for and all that such. That's what the show is. And like I said, it, it really brings us uh, comedy. It kind of just opens the, uh, pulls the curtain back and shows the common guys and girls what it is and what, what goes on and, and, and what have you. So we, like I said, we watch a show, we, we watch all these comics, and then we pick a winning comic at the end of each season. Here's the fl- here's the trick. The home audience plays along on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, at Comics Watching, and then they vote on their favorite panelists that they want to see come back to the following episode. <laughs> oh, really? So you're going to see, you know, you, you get to vote, and then, you know, we actually just had our first uh, All-Stars panel taping a couple, about a month ago. That will be season seven, but we have seasons one through five right now in Amazon Video. Season six should be up in the uh, next week or so, and then uh, we'll have the live show, which is where the... Uh, comics who won the uh, right to perform, the winning comics as well as panelists perform, as well as people I call redemption section. That's where people who really ate shit <laughs> got a chance to come back to the live show and each do a minute. Uh, the audience uh, voted right then and there on who they wanted to see do a full set that night. Ooh, is that ready? Yeah, oh yeah, they, they, have, they have to have it ready. So they, you know, it's we give a redemption to everyone in the uh, the live show. So, so, and then the audience, got, like I said, picks their their favorite and they do a full set that night. So we're, we're a country full of second chances. Just ask New York Jets fans, right? Hey-o. Uh, yeah, I'm a giant hey. fan too, so. <laughs> so uh, I have to say that, you know, that's got to be a brave person to get like totally bomb and then come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's funny. A couple of the guys who really did were very forthright about like, dude, I love a chance at redemption and at the last taping for season seven and eight we did i had one guy go on and he ate it and he asked me that day he goes yo i want to do a redemption uh yeah so that's a show amazon video seasons one through five at comics watching on twitter comics watching comics.com you can buy the shirts there instagram facebook uh yeah and like i said seasons everywhere we want to be right all the twitters oh yeah all the twitters Twitters. and of course me i'm i'm kevin goatee g-o-o-t-e-e dot com uh, at on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by the same name. That should do it for the plugs. Well, thank you for having your wit and wisdom join the cast of idiots here at Gen X Grown Up. We enjoyed having you. Oh, yeah, it's been great, Thanks man. for having me, guys. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the time. Oh, you bet. All right, so listener, thanks for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks with another Backtrack, as always, and next week with another episode of our show. So I am John. George, thanks so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, appreciate it. Yep, always a pleasure. And Kevin, once again, thank you so much for being thanks here. Thanks for having and Well, get that connection fixed for Christ. <laughs> 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 bye bye. Take care. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. I don't want that. That will clearly offend his sensibilities. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Kevin, you still with us? Hello, you. Am I? My pants uh, are off and I am ready to roll. Wow. <laughs> and we just found our Easter egg for this episode. <laughs> Kevin, if you run into something where you're like, oh, that, sound, that felt weird. I don't want it to be like that. Just say, wait, wait, wait. And you could do a take again. I do edit the whole show together later for superior sound quality for our listener. You are a, uh, a god amongst mortals. So I've been told. Okay. (laughs) Not by us. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. 
Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast.